0: You're listening to a Sunday morning message from Glory Day Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas. Thanks for joining in. For more information about Glory Day and next steps you can take with us, check out gdlc.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at gdlchouston. This morning we are beginning a new church-wide study, a sermon series tied into all our small groups and we're aligned to a six week study that brings the forefront five keystone habits of Jesus in which we can not only take time to learn them, but then to put them in practice. If you have no idea what I'm talking about when I share this book with you about the being challenge, have I got a deal for you. Our entire congregation through small groups of sermons, you can even do it individually. Is going through this book together. It's a 40 day challenge, 40 day plus challenge. Today begins the challenge, okay? All you need to do today is read the introduction of the book. If you don't have a book, stop by at the office, uh, send an um, email to Stephanie Um uh, send an email to the general email box. We'll make sure it gets delivered to whoever needs to see it. Uh, here's an opportunity for us to do something together as a congregation. Um, and when I say bean challenge, it comes across as bean. I'm really not saying jelly bean, okay? I'm not saying that. But that's all the best I can come across. So if, I hear you, if you hear me say be like Jesus, that's the same thing as the being challenge. As we you take this journey and Lent to the cross, to the empty tomb, we're going to have an opportunity to go deeper into God's word about these five habits that Jesus taught and lived throughout his earthly ministry. Now, Why are we doing this? The vision for this church-wide study and series is the opportunity for all of us to dig in together. Regardless of how little scripture you know or how much you know. Regardless of where you are in your faith walk. Brand new Christian, seasoned veteran, somebody in between, or even stalled in your faith walk. Maybe even discouraged a little bit, burnt out a little bit. Because what we want to do is look at these five habits of Jesus as we grow in our love and obedience to him so that we grow in our relationship to our Father in heaven, which will then have another reaction. We'll have a grow in our relationship with each other as we help more people live life with Jesus every day. Because life is full of challenges, struggles, ups, and down. You see, the, the, the graphic you'll see a lot on this book is a, is a bullseye target. And our goal, our aim is, is to hit the bullseye, to be like Jesus. But I'm just to tell you right now, we're going to fail. I'm just to tell you right now, we're going to set out these five habits that we're going to talk about in the next five, following the next five weeks, and some are going to be easier to do than others. But here's what I want to make sure does not happen. You get into this study and all of a sudden you realize, I can't do that, therefore I'm just gonna quit. You know, the devil would have you knew, that, that's what he wants you to do. Because what I want you to do is learn from this study and grow wherever you are to take a step. This being challenge is taking these habits of Jesus, learning them so that they become, they become natural rhythms of grace in our lives. That they become part of our lives. But here's the struggle. I believe we all have good intentions. But life gets in the way. You see, I can be preaching a message here, and you're giving me great affirmations. You're nodding your head, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you, you walk out of these doors. And let's say I've been preaching on, you know, taming, uh, keeping your anger down or something like that. And you walk, I mean, there's probably 17 different things I could tell you right now that's going to make you angry. I'm not going to, because then I'll give you opportunity to. The blue screen has made me angry all morning this morning. I just gotta tell you that right now. That means our projector is broke again and I've been asking for forgiveness all this whole morning of my bad thoughts, okay? So I'm not immune to this, y'all. I struggle with you. This is, this is we're doing this together. Because I, I believe we all have good intentions but life gets in the way. We walk out these doors and the, you gotta start answering all your emails, your texts, and then you gotta think of all the schedules you gotta do. and Life is crazy. And for, like it or not, we really have lost the last two years of our lives with COVID. And and we actually got used to the slower pace. We actually got used to like, wow, this is kind of nice. I don't have these senseless, meaningless meetings anymore. They're handled on Zoom call like 20 seconds, which they should have been in the first place. And now all of a sudden, we're getting back into routines. You see traffic on its rise, and you, you see meetings happening, and you're like, oh great, here we go again, and your schedule's all filled up, and it's like, ah. And what we used to have margin, and we thought we did, now it's not even worse. And now there's an invasion of Ukraine by Russia. We're getting 24-7 coverage of stories of courage, of bravery, of loss coupled with disagreeing news reports about what's really going on. We get caught up in the debates about foreign and domestic energy policies. I mean, heated debates. Then you see China's rattling her sabers against Taiwan and politicians are having a heyday, reminding everybody how right they are. That's just one arena of our lives. You think about your home life schedules, lack of margin. Everybody's got to go everywhere. You're trying to figure out what it looks like in a post-COVID society with home life, kids, marriage, work. <sighs> just gets tired. And so what our goal is, is to take time in these next five weeks to focus and to really just go back to some basics, to dig into Scripture and, and to learn what it means to be more like Jesus. So as we begin, I'd like to turn your attention to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And what I'm going to remind you is what we're talking about today is all about a response to God's grace and mercy. You know, I going to tell you it's so cool this morning. We had an entire family baptized this morning in our relationship and partnership with Day One Christian Academy and, and then a, a ministry that Pastor Randy was doing all of a sudden, just all these different things with Sarah Benson, and just a whole family was baptized this morning. And what a cool thing to be a part of that, to receive God's grace and mercy in, in such a, a, just a just visible form. And so what we're talking about here now is what do we do with that life as we've been redeemed? What do we do with the fact that God loves us, he's forgiven us, he's called us his own, He died on Calvary's cross for us, took away all our sins, and now, so what? What what does that mean? How do we live? So James chapter one, verse 22, says this. Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, so you don't deceive yourself. So here's what this means. James was written to a, a Christian community. The difference between James and Romans, okay, James is talking about a sanctified life. James is talking about this is how you live out your faith. It's not how you receive faith. It's not how you uh, get salvation. That's by grace. James is now talking about now that you receive that grace, now that you have faith in Jesus, what does it mean to live it out? And what he's gonna tell us is reading the Bible, studying and discussing with a small group, hearing it taught in church, man, all those things are wonderful. The question that we're gonna be posed with today and throughout the study is, what are you gonna do about it? Someone said the test of spiritual maturity is not how much you know about scripture, but how much scripture you practice. You see, when, when Jesus opened up scriptures to his disciples and followers, he taught them about the kingdom of heaven. He talked about his grace, his love, his mercy. But he also taught about application. About what do you do with this information? It wasn't just head knowledge. It was like, how do you live it out in day-to-day living? Because sometimes we have to realize that the word of God is just not for me to read and study about, but it's something I put into practice. It's an an intentional decision to do what God's word says. Not go to groups or Bible study to study what it says. Not just to go to church and hear what it says, but to actually put the word of God into practice. James is coming to us this morning and saying, as one who has been redeemed by Jesus Christ, one who's been forgiven of all their sins, one who's been called to a new lifestyle as a follower of Jesus Christ, what difference does it make? And how does it have an impact on you for the rest of the week? Because here's the deal, I, I hope you don't see Sunday morning as the end all be all journey of your spiritual life. I look at church as, as a hospital and a gym. It's a place for wounded folks and folks hurting to find grace and help and mercy and time of need, but I also here's a training ground to go out and live. So you see what happens on Sunday morning should not be the end all, be all, do all. It is to equip us, to encourage us, to support us so that we can live the rest of the week and then get refueled up and ready to go again next Sunday. But that's not what the rest of the world sees. And here, here's what's hard. There are so many different books and so many studies have been out there what the unbelieving world thinks of Christians. And the biggest challenge that it comes down to is... Um, Unbelieving world sees Christians who talk about Jesus but don't live for Jesus. Here's an excerpt of what one book said, the unbelieving world said about Christians. I mean, it's, it's hard to hear. It says, you Christians think you're better than me just because you got up earlier on Sunday morning than I did. You listened to some speech, you sang a bunch of songs, you even stayed for the extra hour of Bible teaching, but it's not taking. Your lifestyle is no different than mine. You don't work harder. You don't study harder. You cheat, lie, and steal. You stare at women just like I do. Your language is even filthier than mine, and you can't keep control of your temple, and on and on and on. So why would I want to believe in your Jesus, and why would I want to come to your church? I'm telling you all, the best um, witnesses or best, best people, ambassadors for Christianity are Christians, but they're also the worst. Okay? Okay? I've always been told that the hardest job for a server throughout the week is Sunday afternoon crowd. A lot of folks are coming from church, and what's the model, what's the message we're sending? Now, now I, please, don't hear me hammering you down. This is, this is not what this intention is. It's the opportunity we have to, to celebrate God's grace in our lives. And what does it look like to let the light of Christ shine in us for all the world to see? So James continues in verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he was like. Maybe I've shared this illustration with you before about this verse. Have you ever woken up in the morning, you stumble in the bathroom, you turn on the light, you look in the mirror, and you say, oh wow. Oh wow, I I need to do something about my hair, my face, my look, I need to take a shower, shave, put on makeup, whatever, not me, but oh wow. Those bags, you know, just, man, hmm. Can you imagine how silly it would be that after seeing yourself in the mirror, and have that oh, wow moment, you just walk away, get dressed, and head out to work. We would never do that. Now, I'm not going to point fingers at any male or female. I'll let you all figure this out. But just think about your own bathroom counter. And how much oh, wow stuff do you have on your bathroom counter that you spent your hard-earned money to use just so you can address the oh wow look in the morning so everyone else doesn't see what you just saw. It's amazing how our looks are so important to us. So much so that even when you travel, we carry an oh wow bag. You know, guys have a little toiletry one, but I've seen some of you ladies' bags and those are, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. (laughs) What James is saying to us this morning is unfortunately we spend more time on the physical nature of our bodies than addressing what's not working in our heart and lives. So let me play it out for you. I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, oh wow, I need to shave. But I don't do it and I just go to work. I go to work and someone says to me, wow pastor, you need to shave. I'll say yeah, I know, I, I really need to shave. Later on that day, someone else comes up to me and says, hey, uh, Pastor, did did you shave today? And I'll say, no, I I know I really need to do it. Someone else pointed out that to me earlier today, and I really need to do this, so would you pray for me? I I, I really need to shave. Then later on, another person comes to me and says, wow, Pastor, you really need to shave. I say, yeah, I got people praying for me about it, this very issue, but I need more help, and So I think I'm going to form a small group Bible study. And we're going to come around together. We're going to talk about my need to shave. And maybe we can meet once a week and we can invite everybody over and we can have some hospitality and some fellowship and, and we'll study the Word of God together about why I need to shave. And then some wise middle school kid will come up to me and say, hey, pastor, why don't you just shave? Well, my response is, well, I really don't want to do anything about it. I just want to feel bad about it. And I just want to have others pray for me about it. And I want to go to more Bible studies and small groups to learn about the importance of shaving, but I have no intention of actually shaving. Now, we wouldn't do that. Well, we do, because James is pointing out the obvious. Because every one of us carry around a bad habit or sin that we just can't seem to shake. And we know it's wrong, and we struggle. Whether it's lack of discipline, or wagging tongue, or anger, or bitterness, or worry, or addictive behaviors. And, and, and it comes up in a sermon, We go, oh yeah, 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 that's bad, that's bad. You go to Bob, that's bad, I gotta. I really need to work on that, at least I'm honest about it. James say, well, honesty is just part of the picture. Great, you've identified the problem. Now what are you going do about it? Verse 25. But the one who looks into the perfect law, listen, look what it calls the law, the Ten Commandments. The law of liberty. You see, what we're talking about is that abundant life that Jesus promised us. It's the law of liberty and freedom when we actually follow God's commands and live in them. You see, the Ten Commandments are really summarized in one word, love. That God has this great love for us, that he provides these curbs or these guides and this rule for us that we would live by them so that we would be blessed. Because the one who looks in the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, look at the result. He or she will be blessed in their doing. There are so many habits that if we could take them up that seem really hard, that if we started living them out, we'd be blessed in what we're doing. I mean, think about a diet, a weight, I mean, a strengthening program, a conditioning program. Man, when you start watching these kids at track at LSA, oh my, they run, 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 run. But it's, they're sore. But if they're going to push themselves, they're going to be blessed in what they're doing. They're going to see they hit their personal record. So when I look at God's law and I persevere applying it to my own life, God has promised me there's actually bring freedom and liberty to me. So what James is saying to us this morning is don't just look at the Scripture and learn it. Live it. How I view my family, my marriage, my kids, my job, any Christ I might be involved with. Because when I start living God's word, things begin to happen. Things begin to change, and I begin to see God at work in my life. And James is saying to us that if you really want to grow in your faith, if you really want to develop this unwavering trust and confidence, if you have, want to have a faith that can weather storms, then live it. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is a sermon that Jesus preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And if you just thumb through those three chapters, you'll see how we're to treat others when they mistreat us and cause us pain. It talks about adultery, Lust, divorce. It talks about what it means to forgive others, to love your enemies rather than retaliate and get revenge. It talks about giving to the needy, trusting God versus our money and possessions. It talks about the danger of worry and anxiety, about judging others, about bearing good fruit. This is an amazing sermon. And what's incredible about this message is they all have one thing in common. They are a response to God's grace, how we live in our faith of Jesus, which will bring us to the freedom that we are desiring. James said, if you really wanna grow in your faith, if you really wanna experience that abundant life that Jesus promises, live it. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus ends in an incredible way. He tells us all these different things about how we can live out our faith. And then in verse 24, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, look how he concludes this Sermon on the Mount. He says, Everyone who then hears these words of mine and what? Does them, that puts them into practice. Will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Y'all, let me tell you, the stuff that every one of us deal with, I want to build my foundation on the rock. I want to build my foundation on what matters, not something fleeting and and, and emotional. I want to build my foundation on Christ's word and then living it out in my life. Because in verse 26, it says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Rain fell, floods came, winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Y'all, living out our faith is not easy. If it was so, I don't think Jesus would have put that in there. Because what we're talking about is Jesus is asking us to be countercultural, to live as light in darkness, to be the salt of the earth. But here's what I want to make sure you guys hear throughout this entire message. We are recipients of God's grace. He loves every one of us. He's forgiven us. And he calls us to be vessels of that grace, to be conduits of his mercy. And by God's grace, we begin every day with a clean slate forgiven by God for the sake of Jesus Christ to take up our Christian calling and being doers of the word. Not so we can earn his favor or love. We've already got that. But because we get to. That we get to follow the law of freedom. You see, God doesn't want more religion in our lives, he wants a relationship. And, and that's what we're gonna be studying in the next five weeks. In this book, we're gonna study five habits that we as a body of Christ, I pray, will do together. The first one is that we're gonna to commit to community. I mean, in a post-COVID world, man, I have missed community. We're gonna study scripture, let's put that slide up there. We're gonna to commit to community. We're gonna study scripture. What does it mean to prioritize prayer in our lives? What does it mean to seek solitude? And what does it mean to choose church? We'll finish up on Palm Sunday. This devotional, these challenges finish up on Easter Saturday. And so what I'm asking you to do is today, there's there's a reading schedule. And on this reading schedule, it starts today that we're asking you to read this book, The Introduction Today. And then tomorrow, you look at the, the, the five keystone habits. We also have, for some of you, this is a, this is a great tool. This is like a punch card or a, a you know, check the box kind of thing. So when you finish that devotion that day, you can check the box. You did it that day. Now, here's the deal. If you miss like three days in a row and you go, oh, my, I have to read for them today, don't. Go to the day you're supposed to be on, read that one. And then later on, go back to the other ones. Because what you don't want to have happen is the devil tell you, man, you're so far behind, you're never going to catch up. Just start where you are. And as we go through this study together, on the back of that punch card, there's actually four questions that we're going to be asking each other in our small groups. What is the Lord saying to you in this? And what are you going to do about it? And how can we help? And then when there's breakthrough, who are you going to tell about it to encourage them? If you haven't noticed, as you leave today, going out past the Worship Commons, there's uh, uh, the Bean Challenge station. There's actually two chalkboards on the sides. And what we want to do is the next five weeks, as you find breakthrough, Maybe you learn, you know what, I gotta start taking a Sabbath, or I need to, whatever it is. When you find something, hey, the Lord's talking to me about this, and I need to do this, we want you, we got some special markers, we want you to write that on that chalkboard. And I pray that at the end of this study, those two chalkboards are filled with spiritual breakthroughs, people who are living this challenge and, and, and growing in their faith. Why, so I can take a picture and post it on Facebook and look how great a pastor I am? No. What I wanna have happen is that y'all walk by those chalkboards and you see, wow, 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 look what God is doing in people's lives and you're encouraged to keep going. Y'all, we're in this together. You and I, every one of you, child of God, forgiven, redeemed, and loved by him. And so as we go to this challenge study together, I pray that God will only bless you as you learn more about him, but it will impact your relationships at home, at work, in your community, that we can live out our mission together as Gloria Day of helping more people live life with Jesus every day. So join me in this challenge. Thanks for joining us. We hope God used this time to turn your heart more towards him. Be sure to check out Glory Day online at GDLC.org for next steps you can take. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston as we help more people live life with Jesus every day.